0: The following program may contain content that your kids would love to hear, but you may not want them to.
1: Again, to be flabbergasted by the rolling tongue, the juggling of words, thoughts, and phrases like a Spaniard on a tightrope, here is the one, the only, the man of two hours, Frank Catolo. <coughs> Here's another idea. Oh, oh! Oh! Where'd you come from? I've been walking next to you the entire time. <laughs>
0: Frank! Frank! Finally, he went back and I walked by the table and I said, how are you, Don? Nice to see you. He said, can't you see I'm eating, Frank? What are you doing?
1: <laughs> Frank, what the hell are you doing? Hello, hello, hello.
0: <laughs> I'm Frank. Remember? The results say that you, Frank, are absolutely not my father. But my father is a close relative, most likely one of your brothers.
1: Dad has brothers? Hey, you know, I think I met the one that sells smoked sausage and razor blades out of the trunk of his car. Ryan! Ryan!
0: My name is
1: Frank. Ryan! I need to keep screaming, huh? <laughs> screaming my name. Uh, you can get in trouble sometime doing that, can't you? They can. <clears throat> Excuse me. Time to clear out my throat for this. Another <laughs> Adventures of Katoa <Catullo> Chronicles. <laughs> when you do this show, when I do this show, you do this, when you listen to this show and I'm doing this show, you're, you're right here, okay? There's no, uh, no edits, there's no I'm not waiting to see if something else is going to happen. We're not trying to hide anything. We're just right here as it happens. And that makes me Frank Cattolo, the man whose name adorns the title of the show. I'll be coughing, and I'll be doing this and doing that, but uh, we're going to get serious and uh, tell you about a book, a book and a topic. Michael is here to we'll talk about the freeway killer, and uh, oh, we got that coming up shortly here. My name is Frank Allman, his name is George Title we'll show stay with us. Cap to ice cap from Hamlet the city from Othello and into every bordello. It is another Thursday. It's the last Thursday of winter. Uh, Means uh, we're going to springtime. Spring. No, that spring just has one name. Unlike autumn, which has two autumn and fall, can call it whatever you want. But they never found a second name for summer, winter, or spring. So we're going to say spring is coming. As you're listening, it might be here if you're listening to this on the other places you can listen to this. Too many to mention right now, but uh, the ones I will mention are, of course, uh, where you can get it on the archives when it's there. And uh, when it's up uh, at uh, juicetalk.com, where all the other, uh, a lot of other shows, not all the others, can't put all the others on there. Uh, and uh, we're, oh, True Talk Radio, uh, which is on, I don't know, we're on seven days, five days a week. They look the weekends off and they put cartoons on. But um, but here we are now live. It's live whenever you listen to it. And that's the point, okay? It's not like uh, I remember a time. I remember when at at NBC, uh, NBC at night uh, in Burbank, NBC in Burbank, uh, when I was uh, doing, uh, uh, well, I was doing, what forget about what I was doing, but I was working in the, the studios while they were taping things. And uh, we used to watch on the TV the network feed. Now, this sounds weird, I guess, because so much has changed since the 80s when uh, there was not, well, there was internet and stuff, but, you know, it was not as sophisticated as it is now. And it was not as cl- crowded either. I was on another side of that too, but let's not go there. Let's just say. But I remember we we'd love to watch, we were there in the evening taping, and we'd love to watch... I love to watch. Well, we love to watch. (laughs) Whoever was there with me, I'm just not going to go into it. Uh, David Brinkley would do the 7 o'clock, I guess it was on 7, 6, whenever the network, NBC Network News was on at that time of the year. Um, And then then that time in history, in broadcasting history. But the feed was on, so they were uh, testing testing his – Uh, sound and everything and he was sitting there Uh, he wasn't with Huntley for those of you who know that it was Huntley Brinkley at one time he was Chet Huntley and Dave Brinkley, and David Brinkley, who talked, I can't do good David Brinkley, but uh, he's uh, noted in uh, most radio schools, were there one-time schools to, <laughs> to learn to go to radio? Figure that out. Well, the certain way he talked that everyone liked. But the point is that before they went to the network feed, before they started that network nightly news, whatever they called it at NBC at the time, before David came on, it was just David. and He was testing his, his microphone. And uh, he was uh, of smoking, of course, smoking, always smoking. They all smoked. Everybody smoked, okay. And I'm not saying that like that they're stupid. I smoked too at that time, and then I smoked, and he'd, you know, he'd say things that he wouldn't say on the air because you know when he's on the air, you got to be within the boundaries of this certain way of speaking and certain things of saying. You know, you know what I'm saying. In those days, now and now that, of course, internet radio, forget it. We could say anything, uh, but. And we used to love to watch him sit there. Uh, you know, he hadn't tightened his tie yet. And he was <laughs> coughing and clearing his throat and doing all, drinking some stuff. You know, getting ready to not do any of those things and tell the news so that he didn't distract you with the stuff that we do normally all the time. And uh, he would still do when he went to network break, would break a commercial break. David Brinkley would just, he'd, he'd say, oh, you take a drink. Maybe he'd light a cigarette, too, and put it on the side if he didn't finish it for the commercial he <laughs> clear his throat. Well, that was then. This is now. And this has always been like that here with me here. We don't have a kill button, which was a button that the engineer. We don't even have an engineer. <laughs> we have a the Q button. The engineer would hit the cue button. Um, and sometimes they called it the cough button because... Uh, the broadcaster had to cough, and he was a lot, uh, whether he was wife or, you know, and they pushed the cough. He, he, you know, uh, he, uh, at that time, he, I said, because there were hardly any women, uh, uh, uh pressed, they pressed the button, <coughs> <coughs> clear his throat, and then come back, see. And the audience never got to be with David Brinkley when David Brinkley was doing it, see. So we did, because we were watching the network feed. We were at NBC, for gosh sakes, and we were watching the network feed. And uh, it's up to the local stations uh, to break off and go to their commercials and then come back. See, but we get to see all of it. We do see the commercials. We saw all of it because that was the network feed. And I loved that. And I said, man, if I ever did a show on my own, that's the way I'd do a show whether they like it or not. And I never thought I'd do a show again, but here I am. And here I have been for 20 years. And so what? I've been doing other things too, you know? I wasn't like one of those guys. Uh doing all those single things speaking of which anyway so whatever happens here happens you're hearing it as it happens even if you're listening to it replay it, this this file we can't even call it a tape anymore this tape this file being played again or you downloading it and all the things you can do now okay uh fine you're going to hear exactly what it was like Live on the air. And, then, and, and I, you know, I used to tell people, you know, you're listening to, if you listen to it on the live hour, or two hours, uh, whenever, you know, two hours, hour, whatever, and you hear us, right? And you hear me. And then when you, if you don't feel like, well, yeah, then they clean it up, I guess, and they do things. We don't even compress it. We don't do, yeah, you know, we do compress it. We make it into an MP3. You listen to an MP3, but it's live. See? Here? Okay. Other things going on, I'm not going to talk about. People said uh, some people said, to "Me, tell me what you about." You tell me about the Oscars. I'm not going to say anything about the Oscars, uh, except that I think they uh, they wrote a, a number of good jokes for that show, that fit, and and some of them were uh, touchy and edgy, and I like that, and I like that. And there were no huge uh, uh, mistakes or anything, and nothing like uh, what happened last year. But uh, so lot. The jokes, some of the, most of the jokes, I'll see most of the jokes. My, That's what I'm going to, I'm not going to judge who got, who got what, because, you know, because I'll tell you why. Most, most of them were predictable. Uh, no great shocks, even though some of the presenters went, made a face, when, and then the Oscar goes to, so I'm not, well, now I am talking about it, so there, but I know people wanted couple of people said, so what do you think of the Oscars? Well, I'm just going to tell you what I thought about that. What do you want me to say about the other things? I have nothing to do. I don't even vote. And, and you know, if everyone had their own Oscars, think about that for a second. <laughs> you should, they should have, a, uh, you should do it on the Internet. Maybe everyone could do their own Oscars. But, you know, if they did that, you would have, uh, you know, you would get, you would get a swath of people who liked your nominees but then again, right? It's, not a, it's an industry award. You're not in the industry. Out you go. You get to look at it on the television show called the Oscars. <laughs> we had a wonderful lady whose name, I, I, I hate how I'm doing with names, terrible. We had a wonderful lady on her, wrote a book. I think I ran the show again as a classic. We rerun interview, a lady who uh, talked about the Oscars, how they came about. And within that show, well, it was not so exciting how the Oscars came about. But the the book also, I should say a book talks about, the book does books don't talk. The book also had material about Hollywood's beginning. And that is fascinating to anybody. You don't even have to like movies. But how the industry began is part of American history. <laughs> and it's, and you know what? Let me tell you this much. It's wait, hold on a second. Do this. I go do something. Sean Hannity never does. (laughs) I don't even know why I have so much of that. It's not a cold or anything. But uh, uh, it was started by immigrants. (laughs) The film industry started by immigrants. So uh, this I will have to say this about how uh, Hollywood is has changed and is the, the depicting diversity and paying attention. Uh, to people who play certain roles, that should be those types of types of people. What do you mean types? You know those nationalities, what have you? Uh, you know because uh, you know how long was it that Charlie Chan was never played by a Chinese person? Uh, you know all that stuff that was Hollywood that lived in the stereotypes of the time and the morals of the time has changed, and a good thing it's changed. Uh, because now is now and that's all that matters no matter what one best picture is. That's the whole thing. I'm not going to get into that stuff because what the hell, right? The heck with it. I am going to tell you that some other shows that we're going to do, I, um, I'm going to try and if not, I'll do it over. I'm going to try to find the classic show that we did. I say classic because it was an old show and it was a wonderful show. No one talked about it. Um, I mean, nobody talked about the subject till we did the subject. No one talked about it. Uh, and I don't know how we did it. I guess we found some article somewhere, some a historic, what do they call those things? Abstracts, An abstract. and An historic abstract about uh, Kubla, Kublai Khan was where he lived. And about Genghis Khan and the heritage of Genghis Khan. And there was a, some guy wrote, and we couldn't get the guy on, so we talked about his article and read it along with you. And uh, it's a fascinating thing because uh, the man, Genghis Khan, who once owned himself, conquered more of this earth than any other person who tried to conquer anything. Yes. And his uh, along the way, <laughs> he had a few wives, a few girlfriends, a few overnight parties, and uh, along came the pop... Along came, let's see... Uh, a great deal of the population of the planet Earth. Wow, you know, you don't want to tell that to Joel Osteen, do you? You don't want to say to Joel, hey, Joel, (laughs) get out that book. Let's make a change in there. This history, we did a show and it was fascinating and we got a lot of good responses from people listening to it. And uh, another article came out recently and suddenly uh, they're talking about, you know that a subject is being talked about when there are uh, uh, um, shows up in news, not just in news, but in the talk shows and people who wrote, writing new books and what have you. But this uh, article is uh, fun and I'm going to go over it again. If I can find in the archives, if I can find in the archives that show, and, you know, it's difficult for me to find in the archives because, once again, unlike network television and movies, and we don't have, you know, we do have an archive, but it doesn't go back that far to this was the first show ever to do this on the Internet. So we don't have uh, all these labeled and put away somewhere. We don't. We didn't even have the ability to do it when this show began because the technology wasn't there. But when we started to record these things, keep them and then give them to the other stations to play and everything, uh, I, I'm i sure, I'm not sure, I'm not sure, sure, or not sure if the Genghis Khan show we did is there. However, we can do another one with a new article. There might be information uh, new because, let's face it, uh, everything is different in that sense too. I mean, you know, they're not just saying that because Genghis Khan, I'm, I'm going to keep, okay, stop it, stop it, Frank. When I do the show, whether I play parts of the classic show or not, I will be here to do it, and that will be soon. We don't have a lot of guests booked between now and whenever. I'm not, I don't have another one booked, and if I don't book another one, there'll never be another one. But uh, as you know, who have listened, and those who haven't listened, will now know that uh, I get many, many requests to be on this show, for people to talk about their book, their movie, their band uh their uh their 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 marriage you know whatever and i'm I'm picky about it because that's not what this show was developed to do. however, now and then something comes along, and I say, Hey, that's good. let's have that person on and we've had people on funny people who have written funny books or have new websites that do things and things that interest what I think is the audience that isn't listening to all the other stuff, to the AM, rack-tack-tacks, or to the news, whether it's left or right, or whatever else goes on radio. Because radio, it isn't even what it was when I started this show. Or when, let's just say forget about when I started this show, I mean when internet radio began. There were no talk shows on internet radio when it began. am that's what I'm saying. But when it began and they started doing things, uh, who no one wanted to listen, it was tough to get an audience. Um, and uh we put together AmpCast. Well, I didn't put it together. I, I we already put together the Waska witches, put it together. The brothers Waskawitch. I don't have an echo chamber, you know, I don't have any of those fancy things here. This is just me. And you, and sometimes a guest. But uh, other guests, well, you know, Dr. Popoli can drop by. Uh, Tom Savino may come by here and there. Everybody who who is well and uh, some other people who have either been here and you haven't heard them or they're coming back or, you know, whatever. <laughs> we'll do what we'll do when we do it. So that's the, uh, the, What? what is this? You know, And I have little notes about things here. Tonight. That's what I want to m- remind about that. There was something, there was a show I wanted to do and I don't know exactly how to do it. I know the topic. And uh, uh, I thought it would be fun. But maybe I do need someone else. One of my comic friends or uh, somebody who, yeah, maybe. Somebody who just can do different voices. I mean, I could do some different voices, but I, I think it would be fun to do this with someone else. And you know how you watch uh, movies that take period pieces that take place in another period, another time? Historic figures are there, people who actually lived, not just characters, even though they're the Hollywood versions of those people. And uh, uh, the actors, and you have to say actors now because they don't, that's another thing. I'm not. I'm not going to talk about the Oscars. I swear. But um, there's, <laughs> I'm, uh, uh, they might do away with actress and just make actor, and then everybody's up for it. Huh? How about that? Whatever. <laughs> Boy, there's some there's some fights going on there. Uh, we don't know how people talked, if there were not. Technology, and there wasn't, let's just say, because there was not the technology. We couldn't record people's voices. And, and for instance, you know, it's just about Genghis Khan. I, I don't know what language he talked. He spoke. He talked. I don't know what language he spoke, but what did he sound like? Was it like that? Was it like that? Bro. There was a great, it wasn't a controversy, but it was a discussion about when Steven Spielberg produced Lincoln. Which is a a great movie, and of course, Daniel Day-Lewis is in it, and let's face it, you want want me to do my Daniel Day-Lewis now? I'm going to do my Daniel Day-Lewis right now, my two words. No, I'm not going to do it. Okay. Uh, Daniel Day-Lewis played Lincoln, Abe Lincoln, that guy. And there were pictures, there were photographs, because that's when photographs began, and we know what he looked like, but we don't truly know what he sounded like. And I don't know what Daniel Day-Lewis did. I didn't read into it, or I forgot if I read about it. But he tried to find the voice that would have been best, and may have been... I don't know how they would do this. He could read things, I guess. He's not going to come on the show and tell us, because he's retired, so that's the end of that. How... Uh, he came up with a voice, and a lot of people who saw the movie and and some comedians went, wow, what a, you know, that's, that was funny. He came up with a funny voice, you know, and that's not the way comedians talk, but, you know, someone, one guy said, uh, you know, and critics, critics, everybody's a critic. You all have your right of opinion, although sometimes <laughs> you can't swear it's true. That's wrong. But these people had no reason to get angry because Daniel Day-Lewis Spoke the way he researched, or whatever he did to find out that was the voice. People expected something else, and of course, there were other people who played Lincoln throughout the years in movies. So, uh, you know, they spoke the way they spoke, and uh, they just spoke. But they had a certain and seven years ago. I I don't know why they did it, but that's the way the caricature of Lincoln came about. And here comes Daniel Day-Lewis, and he's got a kind of, you've got to watch the movie. I think it's perfect. How he talks. I mean, I didn't want to hear that Hollywood Lincoln, that movie Lincoln. See what we're talking about from back then, how they did things and how they do it now. So in that respect, I loved the Oscars because I love what they're doing with all these, uh, uh, the way they're doing things now, recognizing I mean, they don't have to have uh, a Marlon Brando send up Native Americans to get <laughs> anymore because they're there. You know, they win, they win. They get parts. They do it. It's done. And movies, period pieces, are presenting more of history as history is written, not as a storyteller. And I know this because I'm a storyteller. How a storyteller revi- uh, writes or a, a story that has something to do with history. Even when you make it up, and you're inside of a historic period, uh, you should be true to the time. But of course, there's so many restrictions that could make them. Now nah, things are getting much better and more realistic. Now people say, like, "Oh, it's a movie; it'll oh, be realistic." Yeah, I know, but we're not dealing with uh, you know with, with stereotypes, and it gets it gets ridiculous. Now it's getting real getting real. Isn't that something? History is getting real. Hollywood movies are getting real. That, that, that almost seems like a, uh, a paradox or maybe one doc. It's not a paradox. Maybe just one doc. But in any event, in all event, and certainly this event, I thought it would be fun to get one or two people in a panel and, say, ha, and talk about historic figures that we all recognize from uh, history books. And uh, where else? <laughs> I don't know. And just the general uh, ether. Is it, can you say general ether? Is there a specific ether? The ether of history, uh, whether it be in, uh, you know, wherever there's a voice or what have you. And maybe we could come up with the voice of voices of the dead and try to figure out what this person might have sounded like based on what we'll know about him or learn about him or her at that time. Right? What did George Custer sound like? General George Custer did not sound like Earl Flynn. For God's sakes, Earl Flynn almost had an English accent. Almost. And then he played a pirate. What did the pirate, what did Captain Blood sound like? He was speaking English. Suppose he, well, he had a bad voice. And here was a swashbuckler, pirate, because what pirate doesn't buckle his swash, right? And here he is. Uh, How'd he talk? Huh? I don't know. And we're not even going to get into what they wore and other things that are incidental things that go on. I thought it would be fun to talk about it. A couple of people, I get on and they'll, they'll uh, talk with me. So we'll be listening for the Voices of the Dead. That is coming up one of these weeks. Maybe in spring. What's after spring? Summer. <laughs> Do you love, do you do that? I love when I do that. I ask myself a question and then I pop the answer, right? (laughs) Like I should have known. I didn't know right off the bat. I don't know. What comes after spring? Summer, right? (laughs) Instead of just saying spring, maybe summer, right? Because I know, I told you how they go and you know how they go. The seasons go the same every single year. And it should not surprise you. Now, the other thing—the thing that's great about this particular time of season, also for here in this particular place—this has nothing to do with you people, at all. When I'm uh, when I'm doing this live and it's being recorded, but I have a big clock on the far my right side up on the wall. It's not a big clock, but it's a you know battery operated round clock, and I never change it i not change it. Now, let's not go to that joke. I never uh, retime it when we turn the clock time back or or ahead. I don't do it when the uh, you know daylight savings time and the other daylight and the other time nighttime savings time or <laughs> or, or uh, first uh, first national bank savings time. I do not do it. So for the past however long it was before we changed it. Time last week, we we moved, we we took a whole hour and said goodbye and moved it ahead, right? So now that clock is the correct time because it, for a whole season, or however long it is that we keep the other time, uh, that's this is the real time. I don't even know which is the real time. But now I don't have to look at the computer to see the actual time. Uh, I could look up there, and it, now it's useful. So this clock goes on hiatus for an entire whatever time it is between time changes. So this is great for me because I can look over there if I want to check the time and not have to squint, which I have to do because on my computer it's so small. The clock. I know you can click it, and the and the uh, whatever that is a panel comes up tells you the time, shows you a clock, the second's ticking. But I don't do that because I don't play around with it. I keep this going. Anyway, my name is Frank Cattolo, man, name the the title of the show. And we're going to be talking, Oops excuse me, to Michael. Mike, Michael, what happened? Uh, Michael? No, wait. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. I'm getting, I, I just was reading something else here getting like different let me let me put this up here again and see uh we're going to be talking let me uh, let me get this this time to call anyway there it is uh just it is this no that's the voice where is the where is it which one is oh skype here we go <laughs> let me get my skype up there <laughs> Michael B Butler is who we're going to be talking to about the book called without redemption the uh it's one of those books that has because oh, all books now have two titles they have the title, and then colon or semicolon. The sorry the guy, the name was all the same. It's the way they do it with books now. So I'm going to ask uh, Michael B. Butler, co-author of this. I, I I don't remember the name of the other uh, author, uh, but I'm, we're going to read. he's on uh, Total Chronicles here for the first time, and we're going to welcome here in a second. So I'm just going to tell him on changes. I'm going to say, I'm going to warn him where <laughs> I come. Where I come, okay? Let's see if uh, Michael B. Butler. You know, I know this, my name is what? Frank M. Cotolo, but I, I don't use that a lot. And yeah, it's in my signature, FM. Okay, he says, okay, let's get Michael B. I want someone to say M because of me. Let's get Michael B. Butler on the Skype right now. It's a dashing photo. He's wearing sunglasses. Mr. Butler. Yes. You can hear me. Yes, I
0: can hear you. Can you hear me?
1: I can hear you perfectly. That's you're one of the rare people these days who can (laughs) use Skype and take control of it.
0: Very good. Makes my day.
1: Well, we hope to uh, do more than that for you and your book. Uh, Okay mike i was telling everyone i didn't tell anything anyone about it and i'm going to say this to you which is uh so that you understand why i be asking the questions i'm asking okay yeah. i um i don't read the books okay w- before a lot of a lot of hosts don't it's what that happens a lot of hosts don't yeah, i think most don't but yeah. i think a lot of them lie yeah. Yeah, Okay. Yes, that's and true. That's I don't true. lie, but I think i have a reason. I don't do it because of, of any other reason other than what I want to do uh, in this interview is, uh, is have the person or persons uh, talking to me about their book. Uh, I want to ask them questions as if I don't know, uh, because what, what is going to make me read it? What is gonna, when I'm not going to tell anyone not to buy a book anyway. So, you know, I want everybody right. to go out and buy this book, you know, because, you know, you know, I want them. Uh, so I want to be like that person who would ask me, and yet that guy on the show, where I didn't hear it, or this, that, and the other thing. What about the book? You know, I, you know is it good? I, mean, I don't want to I get be, it. You know, you got it. So. Okay. Um, oh, also, I'm
0: going to give, I'm going to tell your listeners, we're going to give away 10 Kindles on your show to anyone who emails me.
1: Oh, this is wonderful. Okay, let's, let's take care of that first in case we forget your email. Let's give out Michael B. Butler's. No, um. No. No, yeah, it, uh, the
0: best one is um, would be air. Oh, let's see, no writer B at PM dot me.
1: Let me write this down too, so because okay. I, I'll have a people will ask me afterwards. What was that? Okay. what is it? Writer? Yeah. yeah,
0: writer like a person who writes. Writer B at PM dot me. PM? Yeah, it's
1: um. P isn't Peter? You know it's. A,
0: yeah, it's called Proton Mail. It's a company oh. out of Switzerland. They run an encrypted mail company, in a so it's PM Proton dot me.
1: Me, me. Oh, because it's uh, that's the country code. I and guess. They, Yeah, yeah. Because in other countries like CA, they don't have com. They have CA in Canada and right other things like that. So right, okay. So this is uh, this is Michael, uh, Michael B, and I'm Frank Michael. I, my middle name is Michael. Uh.
0: Ah, very good. Well, Michael is actually my church name, and I used it for this book um, because of various reasons. But uh, so,
1: so it's oh, so it's not your name.
0: Well, my my real name is Brad, but um, I was baptized in the Russian Orthodox Church oh. when I got married, and Michael was my church name. And Brad, and, Brad uh, is
1: Brad isn't even a word. Is Bradley short for Bradley? Yes. Okay, <laughs> we're getting confused. Real names, fake names. Yes. Pro- broken names initials what is it so michael okay michael b uh we're going to give away how many ten okay we'll remind them and i will remind everyone uh, of okay. some other places there too so don't uh, don't this could be spread out now if you get 10 requests it could be spread out oh uh, so just it's keep fine. watching you know as long as you know they yep. we should tell them uh, that you heard it here though you heard michael Talk about the book here right. in Cotolo Chronicles. You do that and you get a free bindle. Did I say bindle? Kindle. <laughs> Kindle. <laughs> What's a bindle? Isn't that something? I don't, a bindle? I don't know what that is. A free Kindle version of
0: Without Redemption.
1: Give this the whole name.
0: Okay, it's Without Redemption, Creation and Deeds of Freeway Killer Bill Bonin, his five accomplices, and How One Who Escaped Justice.
1: we I don't know if we ever talked about a serial killer on this show. We may have had one and not even know it. Uh, but um, let's talk about when did this happen? Now, Freeway, uh, they only use the term in California. I know because I lived there. Right, California? This, this is taking place in California.
0: Yeah, all of them took place in Southern California. Los Angeles freeway uh, and and the surrounding counties uh, in a sp- he spread out his victims in a wide circle. So he wasn't around like LA, you know.
1: so he wasn't like the uh, uh, the uh, uh, the Interstate Five killer or the Interstate 306. I forgot the other one going up. Six o five is there a six o five?
0: Yes, there yeah. is. So, in fact, I live like two seconds away from it.
1: Oh, up there. Oh, okay. Yeah, He's go to...
0: In uh, Long Beach.
1: Cerritos. Oh, Long Beach. Okay. Yep. So he... Uh, okay, here's the first thing I'm going to ask you uh, when it's about a serial killer. Uh, when did this happen? Uh, and it was na- must be national news. Where were we who would read it this? Was,
0: it was a huge story when it happened. And this happened. He started killing on August 5th 1979, and the last murder was June 2nd, 1980, 10 months later. In 10 months, in those 10 months, Bill Bonin murdered, was responsible for murdering 22 young
1: boys. Now, I was there. It. I was there. I went to California. I moved to California in 78. So I was there through that entire time. And This did nothing to do with uh, you or the subject, because there's a lot of things I probably forgot uh, since then, but I don't remember this. Well, you know what? I don't remember
0: it when it it happened, even when he was on trial myself. And I was born and raised here. And it's something that I just kind of relearned about when I ended up taking this project on.
1: And how did that happen before we get into the crux of it? How do you get involved? okay. Yes, the uh, my
0: co-author Von de Pelto, a PhD she was a, she's a clinical psychologist and she was hired by the LA county to go in and kind of counsel these serial killers who were standing trial because one of Bonin's accomplices is a man named Vernon Butts who killed six with him killed himself in jail before he could go to trial or testify against bondanm hmm. And the sheriff's department was really embarrassed. The politicians were really mad because this was the biggest mass murder case in Southern California history at the time. Hmm. And they wanted Bonin's head on a stake and they needed butts to testify, but he denied that to them. And so Vonda was brought in a number of months later to just chit chat with these serial killers. And it wasn't just Bonin; It was two of his accomplices. It was the Hillside Strangler. Kenneth Bianchi, who was the Sunset Strip player. This is one room?
1: This is like an all-star room. Are you kidding me? She's talking to all all of them at once?
0: It was a cell block. It was a cell block. And her office was on the cell block. Wow. Yes. And she did that for three years.
1: And wait. So she... Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry.
0: Go. So she, she talked with Bonin a number of times before, during, and after he was on trial. And then many years later she helped an investigator with another investigation that was kind of related to Bonin. And subsequently, he gave her 40 boxes of investigative documents related to the Bonin case. And in these boxes were his diaries that he kept in the jail in the months after he was arrested and all the murder stories that were written and hidden away. So no one had seen these diaries for forty years, and mm-hmm. no one had ever used them in any movie, book, or anything.
1: You're but gonna, you're gonna, these, you, go ahead.
0: I, yeah, through these diaries, yeah. we solve a murder, two murders, and we get a real close view of what Bill Bonnet was like.
1: Uh, now, I'm, I'm still. I mean, that's okay. We got that. Now I'm going to move on along to that public. I'm just going to step right. back for a second. I just the the vision I have of this room where she's talking to wait, the hillside strike, all these guys who are, were there any women there too? Because there are no, she
0: would, there's I, men's jail and they didn't all come in at once. Her, oh, her, you know, they were okay. ushered in one at a time, uh, depending okay. on the situation, and they would, the sheriffs, the deputies would bring them in. And they would hang around. And this was the, you know, they were in the high security unit, L.A. men. It's called High Power. So this is tight security. And so, you know, they bring one in and he'd chit chat with her for a half hour, get coffee and cookies. And then and leave. And and and, Vonda was there to just make sure they are emotionally stable so that they could go through their trial, get sentenced and then get shipped out. That was her job. She wasn't supposed to counsel them, not supposed right. to treat them. Just cat them up, keep an eye on them,
1: and have cookies. And- one of
0: them suicidal, and and, <laughs> and that's it.
1: And have cookies with them. Yes, I guess. I, okay, now that changes things. But you know, my over. Active imagination, of course, to, you know, mm-hmm. ran away with the image, you know, I'm like, going in the hillside to yeah. Does he notice? I mean, what if these two guys, what if two of these guys get together? And it's amazing to think of what they talk about. And, you know, it brings up something else, too. Uh, and I want to talk about more about Bill Obviously, because what I'm going to say, has, I don't think it has anything to do with the book, but it just reminded me when I said women. Uh, there are not a lot of women serial killers. Uh, I know there's that, that one movie, The Monster, or Monster, about the lady who used to kill guys, uh, you know, lure them, and then kill them. Uh, right. It was, the, uh, it was an Academy Award. Speaking of Oscars, it was an Oscar for uh, Charlize Theron.
0: Oh right, right, right. But that I, was a I, woman. I remember the movie,
1: and that's rare, right? I think so. Yes. Women it's mainly, mainly men. Did you know more about Did you know about serial killers at all before you did uh, picked up this assignment?
0: No, no, I knew I knew very little, and I knew hardly anything about Bonin, and I had to then. And originally, it was kind of more of an organizational. Ghostwriting assignment. Mm-hmm. But then as we started to grind through all the documents, and I, I started to see everything that we had going back to before he was born, all the way through his childhood, he spent nine years in mental hospitals and prisons from the age of 20 to 29. He was uh, in Vietnam for a year during the Tet Offensive. So we yeah. have
1: all those
0: documents. And so It morphed into this detailed historical biography of this guy, showing the arc of his personality, kind of transforming over many, many years through many different situations. That's until the ultimate. Right.
1: Well, that's one of the things I would imagine would be of the most interest is how a person develops like that. Of course, you'd have to, were his parents alive? Did you uh, talk to people who were uh, connected with him before he was known, to any, or did any murdering?
0: Well, there's there's a couple of people who, serve. one gentleman who lives right near here survived one of his attacks, Ooh. and he's still around, a guy named David McVicker.
1: Well, that must, uh, <laughs> must have
0: been a... And I just, in fact, I just got off the phone with a guy... Whose brother Bonin and killed was one of the last victims that Bon, and it was it was a really nasty thing that that particular murder was very brutal, and we didn't talk with anybody else. Pretty much, uh, the parents were gone. Uh, the brothers, you know, disappeared. Probably changed their names. Mm. Um, but the parents, it was a very rough childhood. He was abused spent a couple of years oh, in an okay. orphanage a okay. Catholic orphanage where it was pretty dicey uh, you know physical abuse sexual abuse and um, then you know he just kind of ended up and he became a sexual predator and then from sexual predator he became a killer a killer, killer. yep um, and it's so- kind of it kind of happened in a way kind of by accident in a way. Because him and Vernon Butts kind of hatched this thing together one night that night in August, and they kind of dared each other to do this thing. This is a Leo, this sounds like Leopold and Loeb. Yeah, it's kind of like that. <laughs> wow. And it, it's not to say that Bond and might never have, but on that particular night, the chemistry kind of you know hatched itself between these two.
1: How do you know that and guy? More,
0: how did he and know? then when, once one Oh, he knew him because of just local party guys. A local you know, they, party they had, guy. They met, they they met through you know local friends, bowling, socializing,
1: and they whatnot. had something in common. What would they have in common? Yeah. If, if had the other guy done crazy things? Had he have a history of violence?
0: He they the Vernon Butts was kind of into a lot of occult stuff, Dungeons and Dragons, and and this type of stuff, but he was pretty much of a harmless guy. Wow. But um, he used heavily drug use. Okay. Um, he was uh, kind of bisexual. Bonan was uh, homosexual, he and they would hang out together, and um, there was a whole group of them that, that all hung out together. And, okay. And the thing is that when, once Bonan got the taste of it, once it happened once then that was it or after and then he couldn't stop himself
1: that as it, i it
0: became that, the thing
1: isn't that a common trait or occurrence yeah. or whatever doesn't that happen a lot
0: i think i would say more often than not
1: yeah yeah uh i'm and i'm going i'm only going by things that i read about of you know serial killers and various documentaries and stuff they talked about these kinds you know uh, oddly enough uh, you were in LA uh, during the uh, night stalker remember the night stalker sure okay sure. i made a film about do you know i just i'm going to tell this story very quickly i was a suspect
0: you're kidding
1: i swear I've told this before, but you haven't heard it, and a lot of other people haven't heard. But let me tell you this. I was with a friend of mine, and we're on a bus from L.A. We used to uh, take a bus and go to Vegas now and then, uh, because at that time, you know, we we're playing, uh, uh, you know, horses. That, and we did it because it was different in Vegas. But anyway, we take these trips, right, uh, that we went. And, uh, that was, and that week, someone had drawn a sketch of, his name was Richard something, of this guy. Uh, yeah, Richard at, Ramirez. There you go. Uh, uh, Richard Ramirez, right. Uh, and uh they put it on the front of the Herald Examiner whatever r- was out there at that time, right? And, mm-hmm. and and this lady in the bus was reading this newspaper and uh um and no, yeah, yeah, she was reading this newspaper and my friend found uh, another newspaper on the side cuz the buses you had newspapers and and uh, and he put it in an area where the lady could see that she's reading the same thing, right? And they see the the photo, not with the drawing. And, the mm-hmm. dro- and for some reason or another, my friend thought, okay, he kind of looks like you. <laughs> and so he oh put the God. drawing there, And he was, but he didn't tell me he put the drawing, he had to put the newspaper there, you know? So now I didn't know anything about this until until the we there was a stop that we didn't know we had to make it was a bus the bus stopped and on came a state police and the state police and I, I remember turning to my friend and going oh boy let's watch this is gonna be good what's this what happened you know who's on this and they came right up to me and they said can we see you outside please can we ask you to leave the uh? and i went what what do you, you know, I mean, what am I saying? You know, the first thing you say, well, what, what do you mean? What do I do? What do I, you know? It's like, no, please. It's said, there's nothing, just we need to talk to you outside. And you know, it's going through my head, every possible thing. What happened? What do I do? What do you think? What the uh, And they took me outside, and the first thing they said was, look, uh, you know, about this, they said this Richard Ramirez. Well, I don't even know if they knew his name, but no, they didn't, I guess. He said, uh, he said, uh, this thing happened, and this picture said, someone on the bus. Got in touch, told the bus driver, and the bus driver went into this stop and got this state police. says, I think the Night Stalker's on our bus. And, um, and he said, now we, he says, as policemen, he said, we're not going to say anything other than the fact that we have to pay attention to every lead, you know, no matter what. I said, what does this mean? He said, well, we're going to put your name down on this list. <laughs> He said, and uh, I said, well, it's not me. And he said, well, no, either way, we're just telling you that we have to do, they they were almost apologizing. Imagine what it felt like, because they have to, every single thing. Uh, You know, what that did to me, aside from the fact being a funny thing, of course, obviously, I might be on the record as being one of the suspects. I don't know, but you instantly become a suspect. But I'm thinking to myself, how, uh, that uh, as in terms of serial killers, because that guy just used to—they told us everybody keep your windows closed because he comes through an open window, kills a couple of people in bed, and then leaves. Right? Yeah. You know, and I'm and I'm and I'm thinking like how uh, how do, these, uh, uh, these, who do this, these these people who do this these people who do this you know. Uh, uh make uh make, they I mean yeah they kill people but they also cast great inconveniences uh, across the entire uh, community changes because you oh, know yeah. you know uh, so tell us now that Bonin got this taste of this and thinks he's getting away with whatever, however they feel about that you, you could tell us more about that if we get into anything that the uh, the uh the uh, psychologist I talked about but uh, so now there's the first taste so uh okay. So he, so he does the one and then the next day you don't look he, like him do you
0: do you look like him
1: <laughs> no okay good no thank <laughs> God. Um, and
0: and that was just a warning day, the next day he does another one which happened the next kind day of an accident. yeah oh. the next day okay how do you feel he how to kill the first one does it matter? They just uh, basically what he the, the modus the common modus operandi was they pick up a young boy beat him up, Rape him and strangle him with a by putting a t shirt around his neck and using a tire iron to twist the knot around the back of the neck. Oh, that was the most common way, but often within the process of doing it, there would be aggressive beating up with you know tire irons and wow. and whatnot or, and physical beating. Um, depending on which one and, and how it went and the mood Bonin was in. Jeez. And then he would take them somewhere in the middle of nowhere, take all their clothes, take all their IDs and everything, and leave them and then dump everything like wherever he could, tear up the IDs and throw them out when he's driving on the freeway. And, and so there was no evidence.
1: Mm.
0: And and he did. He would find kids who were hitchhiking. He did, a lot of times he would go up to Hollywood and pick up kids who were runaways, who no one knew who they were. There was a number of them that ended up being John Doe's. Or the only reason we know that they were murdered is because Bonin told us the name of the person murdered, and they were just runaways mm. on the streets of Hollywood looking to make a few extra bucks hustling. So the second one was very brutal, and the guy he ended up stabbing the guy like 70 times. It was really hor- horrendous. But after that, he never used a knife in any of the killings. It was most often just rape and then strangulation and then left. And he never kept the kids for very long, and they ranged in age from 12 to 19. And once they, he, twice he did two in one day. And so, actually, when you and and this is the really hard part, during the ten months that it happened, he was in custody three times. Wow! Because he got a and he was on out on probation violations. So the probation violations alone should have kept him in and got him a nice sentence. But the court was so screwed up; they kept letting him out, and he would get out. Why was he in?
1: Why was he in already? And What was, what had he done?
0: Because um, when he, he uh, enlisted in the army when he was 18, spent a year in the army, uh, fought in Vietnam, was a helicopter gunner. When he came back, he was a changed person. He was more used to violence Mm. and he saw people who, you know, got hammered, you know? And he saved a guy's life. Actually, he ran out under fire and pulled the guy into the helicopter and saved his life. Mm. So he comes back, and he ends up molesting three or four kids within months after getting back from Vietnam. Mm. And he gets arrested. Okay. And he was looking at hard prison time. This is 1969. Mm. This is late nineteen sixty yeah, mid-1969. And instead of getting sentenced, he convinces the court that he needs mental help. So he gets sent to a mental hospital called the Tascadero State Hospital. Oh, I know that, Tascadero. Which is uh, up in Northern California. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Mid-California. And he ends up getting labeled as a certain type of sexual predator. Back then, the laws were different. Mm-hmm. And he was labeled as an MDSO. And then he spent two years at that mental hospital. And he was able to manipulate the system. This is Bonin manipulating the system. He convinced the court that he needed help. They believed him. He wrote it out for a couple years, kind of fooling the doctors, manipulating the psychiatric technicians and the psychiatrists and whatnot, until they got fed up with him. And they realized he was just jerking them around. And they shipped him out to a different hospital of Vacaville which was like a prison slash mental hospital and then after a few years uh they kind of realized he was gaming them also so they just let him go so after five years they just they said he's cured we're done Mm. and they just cut him loose on probation within months of getting out he does it again and and he's right back and then he gets uh, another – he gets like 20 years in prison in 1975. He's sentenced to like 3 to 25. And at that time, the laws in California were called indeterminate sentencing, right? Mm-hmm. So the authorities could determine you're too dangerous to be let out. We get, you've got a sentence from 3 to 25, and we can keep saying you can't go because we know you're dangerous. Well, in 1976, a new law went into effect called the, the determinate sentencing laws, where each offense was given a certain amount of time. So this changed everything because the courts had botched that case the second time in 1975 when he got arrested again, and they had the Orange County uh, botched the case and L.A. County kind of botched the case and he didn't get enough time. So within three years... The indeter- the determinate sentencing law, get he he has his sentence reduced way down, and then he manipulates the system and he gets sprung in 1978, within three years. Okay, and then within a year and a half he started killing.
1: Okay, let's let's look at two things along the way here. Uh, uh, first of all, what comes to what came to mind when you said, uh, you know, they didn't spend a lot of time, or he didn't spend a lot of time with the kids. They get the kids. And this mm-hmm. whole, this hideous thing is done, and it's done almost faceless, right? It's just done with his body as if it's something, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, and now isn't it true uh, that over the years uh, that they've discovered because of how uh, predators uh, work with uh, their victims that, uh, that it, they want to get whatever's done Whatever they're going to do quickly, because they they don't want to get to know in any possible way that that is actually a human being. I mean, that they're not, you see what I'm saying that they want to get closer. Yeah. That which is, I guess, part of the fictional uh, 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 well, strength of like and There, was some, like there Hannibal. was some
0: that he let go. There was some that he got was, okay had sex with and let
1: go. Whoa. Okay. And okay. Yeah. Okay, so they were the lucky ones. They were the lucky ones, and we'll never. And we just don't know. Something would hit him about various ones, right? Right. He, he didn't feel like it. He wasn't. You know, he
0: was tired. He didn't feel like. Um, it. That's... Yeah, he, he, that's what he said in his diary. Wow. He said, you know, some of them I picked up, and I was able to get my release having sex with them, and then I just didn't feel like doing it. And you know, I just let I just dropped them off and let them go. Um, were any of those you know,
1: found, were any of those people available? find were they found or did they talk to them? No, no,
0: nothing. No, 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 they don't wow. know who those people were. Wow, um, you know, they were just the classified as. And oh, there was one. Okay, now when he this is a really good one. When he was arrested the final time on June eleventh, nineteen eighty, because. He got put under surveillance in early June uh, because of a tip, a tip that said this one guy said, I think this is the guy. And at that time, the police had no clue who Bonin was. And he'd already killed 20. And they had no idea who he was at all. And this guy gave him a tip. So they put him under surveillance. And he's having sex with some kid in Hollywood. And they think this is their guy. Uh, um, So they arrest him with this young kid who he picked up on Santa Monica Boulevard in Hollywood. And that was the final arrest. They took him away. And it turned out that that kid was Sharon Tate's nephew.
1: Oh, come on. That <laughs> yes. oh how wow. That, yeah. that I mean if you know if that was in a book of fiction it would be, oh, yeah. come on. Really? Yep. Yep. So her and brother or, or her sister he
0: couldn't believe it.
1: It was her brother or her sister's son.
0: Yeah, was something like that.
1: Jace. Wow, that's, yeah, that's weird. Bizarre. Yeah, well, yeah, okay. Uh, well, when he went, wait, when it, he went it, to prison. the other thing was, at a certain point also,
0: Bonan morphed, okay, early on, he always had sex with the kids before he did it, right? Yeah. Before he killed them. right. But at a certain point, maybe about midway through the process, the sex didn't matter anymore. It was all about the power over life and death. It was just getting someone and watching and strangling them and watching the life go out of them and having that power over mm-hmm. them. That's so he he changed within the process. And he says that in the diaries. He said, I was looking at him, and I didn't want to have sex with him. I just wanted
1: to kill him. Isn't uh, the power thing a common trait?
0: Big, 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 big. Because he was always, you know, he was abused as a child, Mm. no power. The father beat the hell out of him and his brothers. You know, always getting trampled on. You know, authorities always... You know, running him down, and in this and case, this,
1: in this case, was, he was he was hunting. he uh, was hunting uh, the younger people. He was becoming the person who hmm. abused because he was a young boy, right? So he got young boys. Yeah. Like, yep. wow, you would, th- uh, yeah, I don't. You would think. I mean, I'm trying to make sense out of psychological. Uh, that, that's well, yeah. crazy. And that. the
0: thing is, okay, he wasn't crazy, and he was not crazy.
1: Far well, from well, it. Right. You, you, the, Far from it. The, uh, Yeah. How would we? OK, I guess you do explain things uh, like that in the book. I'm sure. Right? Yes. Yeah. OK, you so we learned,
0: diaries. Yeah. He's lucid. He's well organized. He sees things um, when he was uh, in. The, so much of the diaries deal with the time after he was arrested. Right. Right. When all the deals were being made with the other defendants, with the press with the prosecutors, with the detectives. And so you have all these machinations going on behind the scenes and Bonham's right in the middle of it, right? Yeah. And within the diaries, you can see him analyzing the situation very cogently. Mm -hmm. He is saying, this detective is, is lying to me about this and I know that this is bull and if I do this, then this is gonna happen. And if I don't do this, this might happen. And he is analyzing all the various angles of the situation very well.
1: It's often, I believe, from what I have uh, learned, uh, that emotions, uh, the intellect can be used for things that are terrible, uh, fired by your emotion, uh, fueled by your emotions. You could be a very smart person. And of course, in the serial killers, Uh, and and you know, in Silence of the Lambs, you know, Hannibal, that guy, the guy was a right. doctor, he was a psychiatrist. Uh, so it uh, and we and there were many cases of it. But let me ask you about something though. Uh, when they found out how many, this all come from the diary, right? They found out how many did he yep. did he say things like this hey. was Joey or Billy or did he have names or did he how did he identify the the number of people and how could they prove that he did a number of them. Okay,
0: first of all, they could never, they barely were able to prove what they got him with, right? Because they had no physical evidence. Right. Now, they got him because, first of all, two of his accomplices testified against him.
1: Okay, he said two. You thing. said two. So let, let's go back here yeah. for a second. So the guy, the first guy who just who did it with him, he went somewhere else, or did he do a couple with him, and then he found someone else? I mean, how did he? Uh, how did he? Uh, he uh,
0: recruited five different people to help him,
1: and they were all there and did it, and then just went away. But, they yeah.
0: Well, th- th- this is all explained. They some were around. Yeah, oh, good. They were all this kind is, of par- yeah. compartmentalized. They didn't know each other. They, you know. Uh, and never told the other about the other, and and so he would find somebody and try and kind of lure them into Yikes. doing stuff with him. Hey, you want to do this? Hey, you want to do that? You know. And mm-hmm. he was very persuasive, very charming, and he found these guys, young guys, who were easily manipulated.
1: Well, he was. Wait, even though someone is easily manipulated, I mean the point is he had to find these people the only people he knew. Yeah. And so he was approaching people. And I don't know how you manipulate somebody or even can sense that that person would come murder with you and have fun. But, uh, how?
0: that's, in the, that's, good. that's very, all carefully explained.
1: Wow. Good, uh,
0: good. Within the book.
1: Yeah. That, that, that's, uh, uh, the book. Yeah. I don't now, want everybody to, your to, to question back to your what? other question yeah. about how did they know how many? Yeah,
0: go ahead. Okay, so they didn't – when he was arrested, first of all, they didn't even – they thought he's their guy, but they had nothing. They didn't know any of his accomplices. They didn't know anything, and they were like – they barely could hold him on the sex charges with the young kid because they had so little evidence. Mm. So they had to go running around to find evidence and slowly – things started to come together here and there through various tricks and and lucky breaks and whatnot. They started to pile up evidence. They were able to hold him. They found the accomplices here and there. They had run away or they were still around or, you know, but, and they ended up finding them. And at some point, and they, they had an idea that he had racked up a lot, but they couldn't say for sure. And then at some point, one of them, who they barely thought much seven months after Bonham was arrested, this one kid gets pulled in, who helped him with two murders, and they arrest him, and Bonin was in love with this kid,
1: so the kid just said, "Hey, I you know he was guilty so, or something so, he just so went
0: this, well no. no no, no, so so this kid is a smart kid. he doesn't say anything because the two people they killed, one of them was still up in the mountains unfound. Mm-hmm. The other one he wasn't connected to. Bonin wasn't saying anything. All the people around Bonin didn't know who this kid was. The police barely knew who he was. But Bonan, he got arrested and he, they booked him on a murder he didn't do. Oh. And Bonin was very.
1: He was insulted, he I would have. Helped
0: he wanted to help this kid all oh, right because he was in love with him mm. and he knew he didn't do it and he knew who did do it ah, got was it. another kid who hadn't been picked up yet so he made the deal and he sat down with the detectives in the middle of his preliminary hearings in December of 1980 and told them every murder now even though he told them about all these different murders they didn't know the true extent of the cruelty because that was in the diaries that he'd written and given to his attorney, which were hidden away. I so see. In the months after he's arrested, he's keeping a daily diary of everything that's happening around him. And at the same time, he's writing the murders that happened separately. And he's giving them to his attorney, his personal attorney, not the guy defending him and they're being locked away. And he's gonna use them for a book deal or to make a deal or something. Mm. He doesn't know what he's gonna do, he just does it. And so we were able to contrast, because we had the transcripts from the detective interviews when he told them about all the murders he'd done. And he did this almost specifically because, well, to get this kid off, this kid that he loved, he wanted him to go free for that murder he didn't do, and to hopefully not get the death penalty. Those are the two main reasons. So we contrast, well, he tells the detectives, yes, I killed that kid, this is what happened. I did this, I did that, we did this, we did that. And then we contrasted it with what he wrote in the confession story. And they're completely different because in the confession he's graphic Mm -hmm. and he tells it like, I took my knee and I broke his side of his head with a tire iron.
1: Well, were they? Were they, I, were they written? though? And, and he
0: didn't say that to the detectives.
1: Well, when he wrote the diary, did he murder and then go home and write them, or did, did he just no, come up were, with
0: these were These were written when he was in jail, months after he was arrested. So
1: they might not even be that accurate because he might be under the spell well, of the the greatness that he felt, right? I mean, we no, don't. No, because I
0: don't think so because. He had a keen memory.
1: He had a really good memory. Yeah, but he it couldn't could be re- proved. It couldn't be proved, no. could it? That, 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 he wasn't, you know, that it wasn't well, exactly uh, how he killed them if they couldn't find the bodies, right? I mean, he, so it is possible. Well, you see, no, all the bodies were found. Oh, Most, okay. Mostly,
0: okay. mostly, mostly. Okay. Now, some were in such bad shape that he couldn't tell what he'd done to them. Yeah, but okay. some that, you know, the the forensic report tells of of what happened. Mm. So. So that's and, and like one one. OK, uh, Vernon Butts used an ice pick and she hit the hit an ice pick through a kid's ear. Now that's in there, and also the other stuff they did to him, and mm. that was all. He was dumped nearby in Long Beach. They found him the next morning. Okay. A lot of the, a so, lot of the kids were found within days of of being murdered. Mm. Not that many of them went completely missing.
1: Okay, well, we can skip this g- gory details. Of, okay, and I think we we you. covered that and let people read that about that there. Well, you had more to talk about here with Michael B. Butler. Let me just tell everyone, Michael B. Butler, the co-author along with the uh, I'm sorry, the name of that, what was the okay, name?
0: It's uh, the book is Without Redemption. No, not that, the the, the co-writer. <laughs> de Pelto, PhD.
1: Okay, uh, along with the PhD uh, who supplies a lot of the stuff that, uh, that, a lot of the details based on physical and mental stuff in the book, so it becomes, it's a vivid book. This is a graphic book, isn't it?
0: It, you know, it is, and it is disturbing. And but the murders themselves are only about twenty percent of the book, because in the essence, this is a detailed historical biography mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. beginning to end. So a lot of it is, is the only uh, you know fifteen to twenty percent are the actual murders. Mm. Okay, and you have a lot of other stuff going on and, oh, yeah. that is that is very. I had to pull a lot of strings together with all the documents we had and whatnot. And like I said, you get that psychological arc from yes. childhood all the way through. He grew up in Connecticut mm-hmm. and then they moved to LA when he was 15 and then all this stuff happens in Vietnam. And yeah, so you get that whole thing.
1: So uh, the book is uh, with, without redemption. We're going to talk some more. No. You could say a little bit longer. Yeah. Michael, can you stay long?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Uh,
1: Without redemption and give us the the rest of it.
0: Uh, It's a creation and deeds of freeway killer Bill Bonin, his five accomplices, and how one who escaped justice. The freeway, always on the freeway. They took the kids always to along somewhere along that freeway. Which two freeway? No, no, no. no, That is... Uh, that was a moniker assigned to him by a journalist. Because? And it stuck. Because? They found a couple there? Yes. None were dumped on the freeway. But this guy was a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist, and he sensed a big story. He was an Orange County Register reporter who had come out from Kansas. A very interesting guy, and his bio is in the book. Very interesting. J.J. Maloney is his name. Really amazing. He was convicted of three murders and then spent time in Kansas and then did all these exposés of the Kansas City Mafia, and then he ended up in California. So he sensed that something was going on. He got these stories of—because the police were keeping a lid on this. They knew that there were these all these homosexual murders taking place. Mm. All these kids were showing up murdered. But it was a backstage story because – backpage story because they were keeping a lid on it, and they weren't telling the media. They didn't want panic, and they didn't want to look like schmucks because they didn't know who Bonin was. Maloney gets the whiff of this, and he starts digging. And he comes up with all this stuff, and he goes to his editors and said, this is – these guys are stonewalling us. This is bullshit. There's a serial killer killing kids like it's free out there, and you guys got to – we got to do something. So he – puts it out there, um, and he calls him the freeway killer because a few of the things were done near freeways. They were dumped near right. freeways. Right. So all... he just assigns him the moniker, and it sticks.
1: Yeah, that's what happens. Big time. Yeah. time. Yeah.
0: It yeah. sticks big time. And for they start doing front page stories every day, and the cops I, yeah, are we freaking out. I don't
1: know how I miss this,
0: <laughs> unless and I just don't rem-
1: remember. I mean, I had some gay friends. Was, I knew, uh, I knew that you know there, there was some weird stuff going on around there. And when you say Santa Monica Boulevard, I know, I know the area because I knew some people, uh, who were. Uh, and uh, yeah, I just thought I would have heard of this. But go ahead. Uh, wait, wait. Before you go ahead, we're going to talk some more. And I know we've, we've already wet a lot of whistles here. Uh, so, but let me remind you out there. Whether you're listening to this now or you listen to it on the rebroadcast, anywhere along the line, if you uh, we got ten Kindle books, ten Kindle versions of "Without Redemption" that we're going to give to the first ten people who write to uh, writer. Here's, here's the email: you write, writer B, writer as in I am a writer like me. Okay, writer B at pm dot me. Okay, that's Michael B Butler's. Uh, email and just say that you heard it here on uh, Catolo Chronicles or just say Frank Catolo and just use my name or use the show whatever. and um, of course it's probably the only way you can hear it unless someone tells someone and they didn't but anyway uh, we're going to give away uh, 10 of those uh, and uh, they're probably going to go fast let's go back now to talk about this uh, with a couple more questions I've, I'm finding it fascinating although maybe it's not maybe this is common too of uh, Okay, well, I'll you ask this first. He winds up, he winds up spilling all the beans and giving everything away because uh, he wants them to know things, even though that they've caught him now. But you said to save a kid, yep, who he's emotionally involved with. This kid, yep, boy, that that also sounds uh, like something um in the arc of a drama right i mean it, it, there's a, isn't that a paradox in a way he fell in love with the kid while he's out there killing the kids so he's doing some kind of transference he's the kid he's saving and he's and he's the father who's killing the kids did all did stuff like that come up you and uh and and the phd must have talked about this a lot right well um, yes yes
0: we did and See, the the bottom line was okay, Bonin was an emotionally needy person. He wanted, like, so, like us all, we want to be loved and wanted. His whole childhood, he was not loved and not wanted. And instead of getting protection and love, he got abuse and derision. So he is an emotionally needy person and he can't. Well, he can't make stable relationships. But, he, but he, he's incapable of it. Okay, he's well, incapable.
1: we Okay, we went over that. I'm say, what I'm saying is this: this angle that gets me is like he winds he winds up falling in love with a kid who's around the what he's around the same type of kid uh, that uh, that that he's killing, right? I mean, he's well, killing.
0: This to say, kid, he was a 20 year old, so he wasn't really a kid. I say I say kid. I should I misspoke. Okay. Okay. He was a twenty-year-old who well, he met in jail. They developed a physical relationship, and Bonin.
1: Okay, the kid was already, Alluring.
0: Okay. Yes, my my mistake. Okay. Sorry. He no problem. He was ten years younger than Bonin. At, you know, and um, and Bonin ropes him into doing a couple killings with him.
1: He so was already a crime. Uh, he already had. Uh, he already had uh, uh, the uh, initiative and the. He was already a criminal. Mm-hmm. He was already a criminal. Well,
0: no, he he was a um uh, so gentleman, jail? his name was Eric. He he had done some bad things, but he wasn't even close to being a murderer. Mm. But Bon roped jail. him in. Yeah, okay. Gotcha. and roped him in and um the he ended up doing two murders with him. And then when he got arrested, you know, Bonin had this in the this particular person eric didn't have any feelings for bonan okay. uh, whatsoever gotcha um but bonan had those for him and, and and in a way in what he says in the diaries is if i can help eric get away and live a normal life then that's about as much as I can get from this whole terrible
1: situation I'm in. <laughs> right, you couldn't counsel those kids instead of uh, screwing right. them and killing them, right? He right. <laughs> couldn't find a way right. to do that. Yeah. Wow, what justification. Well, he's trying to
0: rationalize all these different sure. things. And, sure. and in fact, he almost gave up Eric a couple times because he thought the detectives knew Eric had done something with him, but they had no proof. Right. And so De- and dangled Eric in front of them uh, for a couple months, and they they really – it pissed the detectives off to no end because mm-hmm. he thought he could play that card to avoid the death penalty, but there was no way the prosecutors, John Vandykamp, the main prosecutor, they needed his head on a pike. That was the only thing that would satisfy the politicians, the press, and the public. That yeah. was it. Yeah. And also the detectives had been made to look like fools, and so professionally – they needed him to be to go all the way death penalty. So there was not going to be any deal. So there everyone was playing everyone right through the middle. Bonin's playing them, they're playing him, da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. But Eric was smart and he didn't say anything incriminating when he was being interrogated. Mm-hmm. He played stupid. He played stupid even though he had done two murders mm. with Bonin. He was smart enough to just not say anything incriminating. The all the others collapsed under the heat of interrogation, but Eric was smart and he didn't. Mm. And and he ended up getting off scot free.
1: Let's talk about you for a second in terms of uh, okay. doing this. Uh, uh, did a lot of this stuff? What did What did you do that? Uh, Brought you your interest to something like this. Are you ever involved in detective stuff? Or? Completely
0: by accident. Total accident. I was in book PR. I had a book that came out in 98. I documented a flight of 12 small planes and went around the world in 20 days across Russia. Oh, cool. In July of 92.
1: All right. So right you were, already across
0: the Soviet Union. Right? Right. And, uh, you know, I don't think anyone's flying around the world across Russia right now. No. So
1: anyway, unless you're a drone,
0: (laughs) I wrote a book about it. It came out in 98. Mm -hmm. I and then after that, I ended up getting into book PR
1: into promotion. And I
0: ended up promoting Vonda's first book, which is called Without Remorse.
1: Oh, it's the without series. I like this.
0: Yes. And and also and that was about her three years at L.A. County uh, dealing with serial killers Mm. and what it did to her as a person and how it all played out. So I did that in 08. I was working for a firm in Hollywood. And so over the years, I kept in touch with Bond. I built her website for the first book mm-hmm. and I kept in touch with her and I would do various things for her. I edited some audio files from radio shows and da. over the years, I always kept in touch with her. And then in 2019, she had then been doing the second book. She'd been writing the second book, the Bonin book, for years because she had all this material. And I called, talked to her in early 2019. And she said, you know, she said, Brad, this book, you know, it, I can't, I need the or, the manuscript organized. Can you come down and try and help me organize the manuscript and and get this thing so I can get it out? And I said, okay. So I, you know, went down and and checked it out and tried to to help her out and then it, then I saw all the documents and I'm like, oh my god, look at all this stuff and I had and so then after a few months we decided, okay, we're just going to start from square one, we're going to tear the manuscript apart and we're going to compartmentalize everything and we're gonna I'm going to organize all the documents and all the diaries and we're going to start from square one and we're just going to build it from there. And that started a three-year process. And then I ended up printing 400 news articles that I found and archived um, so that those added to, filled in a lot of blanks within the story. Uh, and I found, out, I found out everything, did the research on other things that needed to be answered. And it took three years of additional work to do it. And it turned out I had a knack for this type of research and this ability to tie strings together within the storyline.
1: Wow, so you just, you, like, you had a measure of discovery yeah. for yourself, too, huh? Yeah,
0: uh, it did. I, and I was, it was, a, I found it fascinating. And I was able to pull a lot of those strings together in ways where I was analyzing the situation. I said, Bonin told this but he's lying and the detective told this to this detective and he's lying to him and the prosecutor is talking to the press and he's full of shit here mm-hmm. you know so so I was able to do all that and and also we discovered that within the murder spree one day changed everything and I didn't realize this till the end of the book you know how when you're watching a movie and it's a mystery and they have All the big whiteboard and all the lines go through the middle. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I discovered that, but I didn't realize it to the end of the book. One day during the murder spree, four people crossed paths on March 24th, 1980. Uh, Eric and Bonin and two other people all crossed paths. And if they didn't cross paths on that day in the manner in which it had happened— Everything afterwards would have been changed dramatically, dramatically. Because um, the guy who uh, gave the tip about Bonin was involved, and another guy who knew stuff about Bonin was and the guy that Eric loved was involved. And they all crossed paths in one day. So I started inserting uh, things in the book. I right, said, so remember, this all points back to, November, to March 24th, 1980. If this person hadn't done this on that day in this manner, Bonin would never have done this in this manner. So I was able to figure all that out, and and that was really satisfying. And that's something that, that I d- was able to do that.
1: Yeah, but everyone—not that anyone—everyone could have discovered what you did and how you did it. But the concept that is not a concept; that's a reality. And I guess anyone uh, in their life. Can sit back and try uh, because you can. You can see, a, you know, a, a number how event, events lead to other things. Even like if it's something simple That's and not right. something as as uh, uh, you know as dramatic as, or, or, re, or really horrible as your as murder and stuff. But certainly, like you know, why do I know this person? Well, because of this, 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 this right? There's a, a stream of That's things right. uh, which uh, you That's know right. takes us back to. Uh,
0: And, you know, it was funny because I I was done. We were pretty much done with the book and I was going to sleep one night and a lightning bolt hit me in the head. And I sat up and said, oh, my God, March 24th is everything. March 24th is everything. And I had to. So the next day, then I had to go back through and insert all these guideposts for the reader. So those guideposts would keep the reader informed of what to look for. I didn't want... See, it's not a mystery novel. Everyone knows the end of this book. Right. Everyone knows this guy is done for at the end. So I don't need to to hide this. So I want the reader to be fully informed all the way through. And I'm not going to hide anything from them so that they have to guess what is happening.
1: That's what's so uh, great what about I to do. drama in itself. Uh, there's something uh, people know when they learn to uh, write or even attempt to write drama that one thing has to happen for another thing have to happen you know there's nothing nothing stagnant and and it's true in life too we can't and, we could think of anything else. We get that. Where was John Wilkes Booth that What if he met this guy? What happened to that? Right? What if his guns got that's stuck? Right. I mean, there's a billion things. Probably you can't go back that far. But that's that's uh, that's terrific. That's a terrific part of the story uh, for me as a writer. Yep. I mean, knowing the uh, it's like yeah, I just put this together, and uh, that uh, and a readers should see those steps, and uh, you know they don't have to think about. Uh, anything but you know i always tell uh, people like there were guys who, who talked me uh, who will talk to me of this and someone uses this phrase says to me says well you know i was in sacramento um and i and i met my wife and from there and i went why what was your wife doing in san in san, uh, san, what do you mean that's where i met my wife was she was your wife <laughs> it's like she wasn't your wife you you met this right. person, there. There. yeah. And how people, right? It's like, oh, okay, yeah. I just not and realize that well, when we when we describe things, we don't truly put the uh, the in, the uh, uh, the uh, igniting things. I mean, you know, uh, and it gets mixed right. up. Uh, so for you to have the mind to sit there and go, wait a second, this was that, and that was there, and that was that. Getting that pieces of information. Imagine what we could find out about ourselves if we knew those facts. To, to trace certain things that happened so in our all the little things, all the little things, right, because we sit around and we go, you know, and people would ask you or they ask me, it's like, "Hey, how did you get there? How did you get to do that?" And it's like, "Wow, that's like a trillion things behind me. How did I get to?" You don't even think about it. You just go with, with the movement and the inspiration and no some of it's not inspiration. It just happens, <laughs> right? That's right. Right. Um, so your fr- that was your first the first book was the one about planes what did you know about planes and stuff how did you get to Not, the nothing.
0: it was a complete fluke also I was doing photography at a medical company in Santa Monica uh, and I was working it was a huge medical company and I was in the corporate photo department and my guy I worked for had an outside company and they had gotten a contract to document this world flight 12 small planes around the world in 20 days July of 92, Santa Monica to Santa Monica, across Russia, guests of Rutskoy and Yeltsin, the v- vice president, president of Russia, yeah, this yeah. rich guy, paid to go across Russia, around the world. And their photographer dropped out at the last minute, three weeks before. And my, my, bo- my boss called me up and said, hey, want to fly around the world across Russia? and i can't really
1: repeat what i said <laughs> sure you can but look uh, you know you know what you're doing you've done it now this is great tim because you told me uh, about the uh, the uh, the amazing realization of, of about march 24th in the without redemption book right and everything I, I have asked you everything i have asked you you have given me the the uh, the scenes that lead up to it, like when even the book <laughs> itself. I said, "How did you do this?" He said, "Well, it's because a whole bunch of things happened, and I met this one, and I did this one." And no wonder if that's how your that's how your brain works. That's right. <laughs> All those little things.
0: All those little things. And you just so did it anyways, now. Well, you just I did... documented it. I yeah. documented it. Yeah. And it, it was supposed to happen every year, different route, different group across Russia, because July of ninety two was right after the Soviet Union collapsed. Mm. It had been out of business for only seven months. And so it was supposed to be a different group, different route across Russia every summer. It never happened again. It was that one honeymoon summer. After that, the Russian government said, we can't guarantee your safety in Siberia. No more world flights with little planes. Because we had six single-engine Cessnas and six twin engines. You know, little 12 hours over Siberia, you know, barely making it.
1: 12 hours over Siberia. There's a, there's a title for
0: you. That's good it was a a unique aviation event historically and at that window in time, that amazing little window in time right after the collapse of the Soviet Union. You need to do before I
1: started I started writing
0: the book in ninety four from pilot diaries.
1: You you need to uh, uh, I know this isn't the end for you. You what are you what are you thinking about? And I mean, with a brain like that working that way, I think you should look at that a- uh, angle because you couldn't help it, right? That's how you write it. That's how you see it. And that's and that's what makes it a lot more interesting than somebody just putting down the facts. Uh, but to be able to draw the map of circumstance uh, that can that can lead to something great or something heinous. Uh, what uh, are you now more interested? In the criminal uh, element, uh, to do more of this, are you going to team up with uh, with her, uh, with and maybe do others? What's the plan? No, no
0: at, at this point, you know the book has just come out. Right. We're we're trying to get as much traction as we can. I've been spreading some of the books around to some of the people I know in the movie business, yeah. hoping to catch a break here or there. So we're just. I'm just trying to get the book out there as much as possible. And, you know, I would, I would love to write another book, uh, but I don't have anything specific I would like to write about. I would like to be hired to write another book. Sure. Um, We we all want to make money um, doing it. Yeah. um, I like history. I like biography. So I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen at this point. I'm just going to charge ahead with what I have in front of me at this point in time. And if, uh, something comes along that is intriguing, then hopefully that will happen.
1: Well, and if I hear anything uh, in the uh, in the ether, <laughs> in the right ether, uh, okay. I certainly will uh, tell someone. You got to go to Michael B. Butler. He uh, he figure he does a wonderful uh, way of uh, thinking to be able to do like, this historical stuff. And, and of course, you could always uh, well, you not know, can't always, but get people enough interested. Uh, and I'll help you uh, promote the book and tell everybody I know about it, and keep it on, you know, on the blog and everything. Uh, that uh, uh, you could uh, maybe find somebody who could buy the rights, and then you could. Uh, you could sound a great documentary too. Well, yeah, it, it's got all the. It's as good as anything that's been done out there, and it's much more detailed. And that's a big and thing now. Also, they did Dahmer. They just. So, they did a bunch yeah, of. right? we can
0: solve stuff in this. There's very. His diaries really give a window into into what you know this what happened, and so it's got all the elements, but it's just a matter of finding the right person the oh, right sure, time sure, sure it's all timing with with this stuff and and we also I, I don't want to be involved in it that with Vaughn and I don't want to be involved right we would like just like you said right. sell it,
1: sell the rights
0: yeah. you just buy the thing and leave us alone. And do what you want with it, you know? Yeah. We don't want to be involved. We always want to sell it. That well, would you know, you might,
1: you, might want to, you might want to be consulting editors and make some extra money. Because, you know, you never know. You could wind up making more money well, on the documentary than the book.
0: That would be after the fact. But on the front side, it would just be, right. you know, just buy the thing and then we'll figure it out. <laughs> but we don't want to be like, oh, we'll sign an option and then we'll pitch it. No, 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 no. I'm not. That's like playing the long game that I don't want to. Play.
1: Well, you're doing the right thing by getting as you know, uh, getting as many people as you possibly can on all the, uh, uh, on all the areas of uh, of the media. I'm certainly glad you came you came over to the internet. You know, this has been a, a tough twenty years for me because I was here in the beginning, and it's still tough for some people now that everybody has podcasts and things and mm. um, uh, to get people. Uh, to come on uh, and see, you know, address this audience as opposed to uh, the other one. So you're you're definitely going the right way. And a lot of people, and you don't know what's happening right now out there in this world because of this. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Right? Because that's how you caught boning. And and, and, you know what? Internet
0: PR is just like throwing excrement against the wall.
1: Wait, wait. Let me hear this one. The
0: internet? Yeah. You, yeah. you know, internet PR. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you just throw as much against the wall as you can sure. and hope something sticks.
1: Sure. And and, uh, and you know, I I tend to say that's that goes the same way with the the uh, brick and mortar media, commercial media. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. So absolutely. You, that's
1: what I'm just saying. Yeah, you could
0: be on the biggest show and get no response, right? And you could be on the smallest show and sell 400 books.
1: See, you see, you understand that. You see it that way. Yeah. Uh,
0: just the way I've done it. I've seen it. Yeah.
1: It's March you know, when 24th. My,
0: when, my AV, when my aviation book came out, my first radio show ever was Art Bell.
1: Oh God! I remember Art yes. Bell? Oh my goodness.
0: Yes, he was. Oh, and God. that time he God. was at his height. And I sent him a fax. And I said, here's the book, here's the story. And I didn't ask to be on the show. I said, do you want a signed copy? And I faxed it to him. It was a faxed letter to Art Bell. And I'm sitting at home and the phone rings and I'm all, hello. And it's all, hello, this is Art Bell. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, oh my God, I almost fell off, broke my arm. And he says, I want your book and you want to be on my show on Monday. Uh, Couldn't believe it. I never knew art was so good because he showcased me. Yeah, he was so good because with his guests, because mm-hmm. he didn't make it about himself. He made it about the guests and we sold a thousand books that night. I was on for an hour, and uh, and that was great. So it was that was like the best. That was like my height right out of the gate.
1: Uh, but, art I'm, Bell, Art Bell became, uh, took a certain generation uh, when radio was still doing that kind of stuff. Uh, in uh, uh, and I didn't know about him, is what I'm saying. I didn't know about Art Bell, but I that I realized that he must. I worked years ago. No, we're talking years ago. I worked with uh, his predecessor, or the guy who started talk radio in a certain way. A guy named Long John Nebel. I don't know if you ever heard of Long John Nebel. You ever hear him? No. Nope. Too young. Oh, I'm losing you. Can you? Hear?
0: Yeah. I've oh, Heard
1: you. of Long John? Yeah. Look, huh? You've heard of him? No, haven't. oh, you should look him up on the on the internet because uh, he used to have lots of wild on uh, people, and uh, he was one of the first, uh, you know, talker talk radio, and, and people came on who about flying saucers and things, you know, all sorts of, and books and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I worked with with him, and that was uh, that's, how, that's how things have changed. That was in the seventies, uh, but um, but yeah, Art, but that was a good shot. Yeah, Art Bell would be a good shot because he was the one they were listening to. Those yeah. that 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 audience, good, you know. So he was a smart guy to pick up on things like this, uh, you know. And and like I said, uh, I was telling everyone here, and they know it. I don't have a lot of guests coming just to uh, promote books because that's not what this show was ever all about. But now and then, you know, um, I see oh, like one, I
0: feel honored, thank
1: you. Uh, uh, yeah, so it's great. So, stay, um, you know, stay in touch if you come up with anything else that this show can help you. Uh, okay. Uh, bring along and again everyone uh, Michael B. Butler uh, 10 Kindle books now when we say Kindle books that just mean anybody could right? I mean it used to be you needed a Kindle but you don't need a Kindle anymore no. right?
0: No you just download the, the app on your it's, phone or you know, your PC and, and tablet you're ready to go
1: right it's the digital now I they're...
0: just sent you a link and it'll just say click on the link here here's your e-gift and you're
1: off and running Oh great! You sent that to my Yahoo. You sent- I can, I can.
0: I, yeah, why don't I you send do you one? I'll send you another one.
1: Okay, yeah, and then oh, if I see you what you say. Yeah, yeah, do that, and then I'll I'll put it up, and we'll, we'll see you and count to ten if you get ten catolas and uh, okay, and uh, and then we'll uh, talk about. Well, it'll come up other places, and it stays on the web. And of course, this show, as I mentioned, right. this show will be aired. This isn't it. Uh, any number right. of times at any number of stations and i God knows who they just take it and they do it and they put it on so you'll be getting a, a, a lot of uh, a lot of play out of this and I hope okay. uh, and I hope it works well and if they, anything else well, comes up I
0: appreciate up, it I appreciate the opportunity tremendously anything else Good, comes up you that so sound,
1: you think I might be interested in to stay in touch and we'll network through the whole thing and get some okay. stuff stay well uh, Michael it's great yes. to meet you you as well. And, um, and we'll, be we'll, we'll be in touch. Say hello to uh, the PhD formula. <laughs> I will. I will. Thank you. Take care. Good night. There goes Michael Michael B. Butler. And again, writer B, W-R-I-T-E-R-B, at PM. Now, when it's PM, it's not like, it's just a letter. Letters P and M. Don't put periods there. At a PM then put the period, <laughs> the dot, M-E. And uh, he told me it's, it's country. It's a country code, I guess, because it's not here. And uh, he'll send you, if you're one of the 10, because, uh, you know, how many can you give away, for God's sakes? My name is Frankie Tolomano's name, but during the title of the show, what a show. Uh, I, I, I'm good at picking the ones that do get on here. Do get on, do cannot? on. Well, no, I don't know. My name is Frank Atolo. My name is the, name the title of the show. I don't know what's going to happen next week. I'll figure it out somewhere along the line. Spring is here. Happy spring. Uh, we'll uh, we'll be talking. Uh, uh, we'll be figuring it out, putting it up on the blog, and also, you know, I got books there too. So go get some books by me, Frank Atolo. Frank Atolo. Who the heck is that? And Amazon and a uh, blurb and Lulu. My name is Frank. Frank, here's another idea. Oh, 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 where'd you come from? I've been walking next to you the entire time. (laughs) Frank! Frank! Where are you?
0: Finally, he went back, and I walked by the table, and I said, how are you, Don? Nice to see you. He said, can't you see I'm eating, Frank? What are you doing?
1: Frank, what the hell are you doing? Hello, hello, hello.
0: I'm Frank, remember? The results say that you, Frank, are absolutely not my father, but my father is a close relative, most likely one of your brothers. Dad has brothers?
1: Hey, you know, I think I met the one that sells smoked sausage and razor blades out of the trunk of his car. Speaking of brothers and who's brothers and who's related to who, we're gonna uh, gonna be looking into that Genghis Khan thing again. Uh, I'll I'll be doing some extra work that I don't usually do for a show and find that. That's fascinating I man I, hey this is Michael, uh, Michael B. Butler I, he might he's like related to me it's possible it's possible you listening right now you're, you're related to me perhaps doesn't matter how old you are either this stuff just uh, keeps going through the bloodstream and it's amazing and, and a lot of people don't want to believe it. In any event, in all events, certainly this event, my name is Frank, it's all a man whose name joins the title of the show. And I want to say uh, that uh, it's been great. Thank you, Michael B. Butler. Without redemption, if you want to go buy it. Try and get it for nothing if you are one of the top 10. We'll be back, we'll be around. Go to the, uh, go to uh, my blog, 148.ca slash Frank. We got great free reading for you there. You don't need, it. it's free, it's right there. Funny stuff, good stuff, and uh, all the other stuff that goes on. Well, that's it. That's it for winter. So, uh, good night, Mrs. Erswire, wherever you may be located. We will probably be back, all things being equal, because then things have to be equal. Imagine the amount of things that have to happen to get me back here on the 23rd, Thursday night. Imagine this, that, this, that, this, that. Hopefully, it all works in our favor and we get there. But for now, I'll leave you. I have nothing more to say.